gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Welcome to the OT. It's episode 137. The Tina Samathurin episode of Ooh. Future Considerations. I don't know if it's Tinas or Nias or something like that, but he was selected by the Detroit Red Wings as the 137th player in the 2022 NHL draft. Well, I don't think you have to worry. I don't think he's going to make the team. Uh, oh, yeah, because the Red Wings have never drafted anybody low that have turned into <laughs> unbelievable superstars. My name is Matt. Manny has no idea what he's talking about. And John is here as well. John, John, how are you, John? Specifically you. Uh, I'm pretty good. Speaking of underrated superstars, I'm, I'm doing oh. well. There Didn't you get picked 137th in your high school dodgeball league? <laughs> wow, that's quite the league. <laughs> That's right. That Didn't you get the 137th ranked golfer in your pinata pick for the British <laughs> Open? What's his name? Uh, Pablo Larazabal. Okay. Yeah. I like Everyone it. knows who he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, uh, yeah, I know exactly who he is. Wasn't that the name of the most interesting man in the world from the Dosakis commercial? It may have been, actually. That's That's a fair point. <laughs> and it works with you, Rashad, because you're the most interesting man in the podcast world. <laughs> yes. You really are. I try to be. Because nobody really knows what's going on behind the scenes there. No. Like he's, you know, nobody believes he's just drinking Pepsi. <laughs> you know, he, oh, I, oh, I don't like this. I, I don't, I, I think he's got ownership in the Canucks, but he's got to play it off a little bit. Oh, I don't know what they're doing. I certainly didn't tell our president today that he's got to trade for another Elias Pettersson. <laughs> <laughs> just so i don't have to remember an extra name yeah yeah well before we get into it fellas i want to send our condolences to the lamantia family in strathroy jeff lamantia was a really good friend uh we actually went to school together since kindergarten all the way through elementary and then high school and even though he lived in thailand halfway around the world he always came back home to strathroy in the summer we would get together, shared stories, memories, talk life, love the podcast. He was the athletic director at a school in Phuket, and he touched so many lives. Just an all-around good guy. Jeff lost his battle with cancer on my birthday, in fact. His celebration of life is this weekend. Gone too soon, but never forgotten. He's a big hockey guy, too. So thinking about Jeff and the Lamania family yeah. as we record today. Yeah, absolutely. 49, guys. Cancer's not great. It sucks, man. It's bad. Well, yes, we will have uh, him and his family in our thoughts, and uh, we will talk some hockey on this show, so we'll we'll, uh, make that turn and talk about things a little bit lighter with him in our minds as well. But uh, how about all the signings in uh, NHL free agency, guys? Yeah, a lot of good players changing addresses. So we're going to talk about that uh, next week's debate show. Let the dust settle. Let the, let them all get comfortable Ooh. where they are. There's a lot to talk about, though. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. 
And if you missed this week's debate show, go back and have a listen to episode number 136. We talked some baseball, football, the goalie carousel, and the NHL, and we also talked about the draft. And that is something we are going to talk more specifically about on this episode of the OT. Yes, that's right. Back as a return guest on For Future Considerations, one of the new contributors to the hockey news, also the hockey draft insider for For Future Considerations. <laughs> we had him on the show. All of a sudden, he lands at the biggest hockey publication in, in the world. Not saying we had anything to do with that, but you're welcome. <laughs> he posts great content on social media. He's always on the Hockey News website uh, talking about the NHL draft, some of the prospects and such that uh, had heard their names over the weekend. Tony Ferrari's the man. That's right. And Manny had a chance to sit down and talk about these players, the winners and losers, and look closely at our favorite teams in this interview with Tony Ferrari. Tony, appreciate you joining us as always. Man, what did you think about this year's draft? Well, it was uh, it was crazy off the top. I'll say that. I think we got the Debrinkat trade right before the draft. Everything kind of went wild right beforehand. And then I was starting to get word from a few people that uh, Slavkovsky was going to be the pick. And then I was like, okay, well, then that makes sense. And then New Jersey will take him. But then there was word that they wanted a defenseman if they weren't getting Slavkovsky. So I was like, well, Arizona scouted Cooley all year long, expecting to get him. So with the both being centers, the gap not being that massive – is Shane Wright going to fall to four? And then that's exactly what happened. And, oh, boy, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, and and then the trades that took place in the first round, let alone the rest of the draft. So it was very active. Montreal making a big splash at their own home city as the hosts of the draft. I want to talk about the Habs. But let me ask you first and foremost, everybody wants to know, who are your winners of the draft? And if they've been following you on social media, they already know the answer to this. But give us your winners and why. Yeah, I think the, the big winner for me is is Seattle. I think they, they obviously got right fall into them at four, who probably should have been the number one pick. Uh, Jagger Furkus, Yanni Nyman, Nicholas Coco, David Goyette, Ty Nelson. Like, their they're class goes deep, even like Tyson Juggernaut. And, and then Tucker Robertson, who is one of the better overagers, in my opinion, this year, goes really late to them. So it's like they just continue drafting guys that seem to produce and do a lot this year. So I uh, thought they were the big winners. I think Buffalo had a great draft. Montreal, for even though they didn't take right, I think they did well outside of that first overall pick. And I mean, at the end of the day, Slavkovsky is going to be a really good player as well. So it's not like they did terrible there. And Columbus and Winnipeg, I think both had pretty good drafts as well. So I think there's there's a, a few teams that did pretty well. Yeah, I was following along with your posts on social media. And you were really big on Seattle and Buffalo, for that matter. So if you're Ron Francis and the Kraken, do you have Beneers and Wright play right away next season? I, I've been on, on right going back to junior all year. Um, I was kind of under the assumption that because he was going to go first overall, there was no chance of that. But now you go, hey, we saw how good it worked out by letting Beneers go back to college for the year and bring him up at the end of the year. Maybe that's kind of a similar path that they take with Wright next year. Kind of let Wright go to the, the back into the OHL, dominate for Kingston, have the season that everyone kind of expected him to last year, and, and really kind of catch up on that one missed year of development. And then at the end of the year, if he gets into three games, if he gets into two games, whatever, you get him back with a pro team or whatever. And, at the, and if he doesn't do it because he leads his team to a Memorial Cup run, then I don't think that's a bad situation either. And then you get Beneers and Wright in the following season as – Two rookies who are going to absolutely dominate at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think Shane Wright should be back in the OHL that way. But 
maybe that went into the thinking for the Montreal Canadiens. Before we go there, I want to ask you about your losers. Which teams did you sit there, Tony, and say, what the F are they doing right now? Well, the the first one was was Edmonton, just because they trade they made that Cassian trade, which is okay. Like it seemed like a, a the theme of the day where teams were trading back a little bit to kind of get rid of a contract. Toronto did it as well, but I think Toronto did it with a little bit more efficiency. I think despite moving back a few extra spots, they didn't have to give up those extra picks like like Edmonton did. Um, Edmonton gave up that pick, and then they drafted Reed Schaefer, who's a perfectly fine player, but he kind of felt like a guy that like the ceiling was a third liner at best. And, and it just kind of was a goofy pick in the first round. And then the rest of their picks were kind of just off the wall. I think Ottawa, I mean the, the Debrinkat trade, notwithstanding their picks were very Ottawa senators picks. It was just kind of, <laughs> let's take the safe guy, the, the huge dude and stuff like that. It was okay. Like a couple overagers. I, I do like the Wahlberg pick late in the draft, but at the end of the day, it's a sixth round pick, if I'm not mistaken. And then Arizona, I think Cooley's great. I love Ogan Cooley. I think Connor Geeky's a very good player, but they they traded up to get Connor Geeky. They gave up a lot to get that, that 11th overall pick. And then they took Connor Geeky, who probably should have been drafted a little later than that, in my opinion. His skating issues are pretty evident. Um, and then Maverick Lamro in the first round was a take by the Arizona Coyotes because he's not a bad player by any means, but he's six foot eight, really, really uncoordinated. A guy that if he works out, that's cool. But like the chances of that happening, I think are pretty low. Um, there's some tools, but like the skating's an issue. That the, the the big tools are the fact that he can hit guys and he's six eight. And drafting just size in the first round is always a mistake, in my opinion. And then going throughout the rest of the draft class, like Artem Duda, Julian Lutz, like they're guys, but they're guys that it almost felt like big risks to take. Where they they could have gotten some really good players like Caliodelius or, or, or Vladimir Gruden, and just for guys that kind of fit the same mold but have a little bit more assurance to their game. Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News is our guest. We've had him on the podcast before. He's so good. We've invited him back to talk about the 2022 NHL draft. Let's talk about the team specifically. We'll start with my Montreal Canadiens, a team that I follow and a team that I love. I really thought it was going to be Shane Wright. I still think it should have been Shane Wright. But then you look in totality for their picks. Kirby Doc. I guess you don't need Wright if you're going to get Doc. And you go with the big winger and Slavkowski. Did you like what Montreal did? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I had them in my winners for a reason. It's because even even if I do disagree with the first overall pick, I don't think the gap was that massive. I do think it was kind of a question towards the end of the year. I had Logan Cooley as the guy that I'd, I'd probably put up there with, with Wright. But at the end of the day, Slavkovsky was right there as well. Getting Doc as well was a great pickup. I think at the end of the day, you end up giving up... Uh, Romanov in the 98th pick, which Montreal had a million picks, so it didn't really matter. You could afford to try to kind of trade some of that draft stock. And, and Romanov was kind of what he was. I don't I, I don't think there wasn't much upside more to get out of him. I remember when he came in, everyone was talking about how he could be the next Shea Weber, and I kind of always tried to caution people and go, maybe Matthias Ekholm, who's not a bad player by any means, but it's not the same level of player. So I think getting that t- that top six center in Doc is a huge deal. And then the, the picks they made after that with Philip Mishar, who was a guy 
guy that I had a top 15 rated prospect, even though I knew he was probably going to go later. He's a really, really high-end player. I watched a video of him today at development camp where he was just a hound on guys. He was throwing bigger defensemen around, just showing that he's played with men the last couple of years. Owen Beck is a guy that I think has been kind of underrated, including by by myself, who's a good two-way guy. I don't know if he's got the upside that some people think he does, but I think he's going to play in NHL games. And then they took a home run swing on a guy like Lane Hudson, who I absolutely adore. The kid's maybe the most skilled defenseman in the entire draft. If he was two inches taller, he's probably a top 15 pick but because he's five foot seven five foot eight he goes way later than he probably should have at the end of the second round if i'm not mistaken and they get a great value pick there kids really smart i talked to him a few times this year and then i mean vincent rohar marcus near miguel turegni like they took some swings later in the draft on guys that could have some pretty decent upside i really like what montreal did and i think this was a a departure from what we've seen from the from them the last few drafts under the uh, previous management lane hudson Saw your interview with him. Yeah. He's he's great speaker, too. He, and he's got some confidence in him. I know he wants to be 5'10", 5'11". <laughs> um, but the skill on this guy seems incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a guy that, like, I, I watch him play, and he gives you those Kale McCarr-esque vibes. And I don't think, like, before anyone gets any crazy ideas, like, I don't think that's what he's going to be at the next level because Kale McCarr is a little bit bigger. Kale McCarr's not a massive defenseman, but he is a little bit bigger. His skating is a step ahead. Like, Kale McCarr is a generational talent, arguably, at this point, from what we're seeing it from him. Whereas I think Lane Hudson, he has some of those elements. He, he, he can be a B-plus version of that maybe at the, at the next level if whatever team, in this case Montreal, allows him to play to his strengths and pairs him with a guy that can kind of make up for some of those weaknesses that he has in terms of the defensive game, in terms of the, the strength and stuff like that. So you pair this guy with a guy like a Joel Edmondson who can play that defensive game. Uh, down the road and obviously it might not be Joel Edmondson because age and everything that works out but you pair him with that style of defenseman who can kind of make up for some of it and I think you can get a really valuable player out of of Lane Hudson there and I think where they got him you can't complain about it I know Matt's in love with the Red Wings I know you've talked about how the Iser plan has been very good what do you think about Detroit's draft (laughs) Detroit's draft was interesting because it was the first draft in the Eisman era where I'm like, I don't know if I love it. But at the same <laughs> okay. time, it's like, I haven't not loved any Eisman draft. I haven't loved any Eisman decision really since since he's coming to Detroit. So I trust it. I think Marco Casper is a guy that is going to play NHL games. He's got maybe the highest compete in the draft, some of the, the best uh, ability to kind of just play up against men, most projectability in the draft. I think you look at him and you, you're sure he's going to be a center at the NHL level. So I, I think that's kind of where they went with that pick. And then outside of that, there was an all-name team, Amadeus. There was a bunch of different guys that have some really fun skill, have some really unique uh, traits to them. But there's projectability issues, and I think that's the big thing with them is they went with guys that after that first couple picks, they, they went with guys that have some upside, have some skill, have some ability to kind of get to the next level and play roles in, on a team. They didn't necessarily go for a guy that can be that top six guy, be the guy that makes a difference, but they went with guys that can play roles and end up being on a, on a winning team. I have to ask about the Vancouver Canucks or else John would kill me. What would you think about the Canucks draft other than drafting another Elias Peterson? 
Well, I mean, when you can always draft an Elias Pettersson, it's always a, a pretty decent pick, I think. Uh, but no, honestly, like, he's a pretty decent player in his, in his own right. I don't think he'll he'll live up to the name necessarily. But uh, they got like Karamaki, who's a really, really good uh, finisher. In my opinion, one of the best finishers in this entire draft class. A guy that can create his sh- own shot a little bit more than a guy like Joachim Kamel. So I think that's why he went ahead. Um, I think Karamaki was a really, really high-end player at the World Under 18s, one of the most exciting players there. Showed off his skating and mobility there, which I think a lot of people questioned. And at the end of the day, I think, as a draft class as a whole, they're, they got some players in finally that they, they've needed over the last few years. For a team that's kind of been in the mushy middle, I look at their their prospect pool and I go, where is everybody? Like, what's going on here? Like, there isn't really a player. And, and they've traded a lot of picks, the JT Miller trade and everything like that. Hopefully they re- they can recoup some over the next couple of years, and if there is a JT Miller trade out of town over the summer, maybe they get some picks through that. But overall, for the draft class, I think they did a pretty decent job. The fact that the draft was live again, did you like that element? And I, I and the other part, Tony, is I wonder if you admired some of the personality that some of the kids showed. I think of Isaac Howard, for example. As yeah. he put his suit and his answers on display, what what do you think about the live element of the draft? I loved having it back live. I think we can do a, a live draft every year finally again, and that's going to be awesome. I know there was some talk a little bit about going to digital drafts and, and virtual drafts over time, but I think at least the first round you got to have it live. You got to have it hyped up, excited. Uh, a guy like Isaac Howard was able to walk it down with his white suit, American belt uh, buckle. The the answers were among the best in the draft. I know he was asked about what, what's with the suit. He goes, well, I'm the best looking guy here, so I might as well dress the best. Stuff like that I absolutely love. I, I've argued for a few years now that hockey needs to be a little bit more like football, like basketball, where they allow the players to kind of get some personality out in there. And we've seen guys like Austin Matthews, Cole Caulfield, a bunch of different guys come out and show that personality a little bit. And I think the USNTDP has done a really good job of allowing those guys to do that. And Isaac Howard is the latest example of that with the the, the white suit. Looked like Miami Vice almost out there uh, coming down from the draft floor. And he got drafted by Tampa Bay, so he's yeah. right in Florida, right? So it fits right in. Like, uh, last couple questions here for Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News. You know, everybody's wondering what Chicago's doing. They're trading Doc. They're trading to Brinkett. <laughs> Isn't this the most obvious tank job you've ever seen? Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty obvious. I think you look at this tank job and you go, oh, they watched the uh, 2015 tanks uh, where Edmonton and Buffalo and Arizona all tried to get uh, Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. And this one's on par at least with that right now. I think if there was a taker for Taze and Kane, they probably would have been gone too at this point. But their contracts likely held that up. Um, at the end of the day, I think Chicago's going, hey, we need to rebuild, and we don't care that we're trading out young players. Though That was a previous regime's players. We want to bring in our own guys, start from scratch. Uh, hopefully, they, they're, I mean, their hope is to try to get one of those top two, top three guys in next year's draft in Bedard, Fantilli, and Mitchkov. Um, I would be terrified if they don't at this point because I don't know who they're going to ice at this point. Like they're, they're going to be an AHL team next year with a couple of guys that have won Stanley cups. And it's going to be interesting because you look at that Seth Jones contract now and it's just kicking in next season. It has yet to even kick in yet. It's eight years long. And you're like, all right, man, like what, what's happening here? And I think Chicago is going to continue trying to move guys out and to bring cat and dog maybe wouldn't have been the guys I move out, but at the end of the day, they're just trying to get rid of anybody and get as many picks as they can. They they went into the draft, I think, with no first-round picks, and they made three. So good on them. Do you like the Korchinski pick, by the way, that they made? 
I love Korczynski as a player. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, if you flip the Nazar and the Korczynski pick, I think it's perfectly fine. Because um, I, I also a big fan of Nazar. They drafted two of my favorite players in the first round. But yeah, the seventh overall pick was a little high for Korczynski, in my opinion. So you and I are going to suit up for the Chicago Blackhawks next year, apparently. Yeah, they uh, um, sent my contract over this morning. <laughs> um, and they're probably going to force Taves and Kane's hands to waive their no trades, right? To try to get more value from there. But looking at that 2023 draft, who's your one, two, three order? Is it Bedard, Mitchkov, Fantilli, or do you change that order around? Uh, and this has nothing to do with the Russian factor, honestly. Like, this was something I, I kind of talked about with a few people and NHL scouts included uh, back in April or May when I interviewed Fantilli for the first time. This kid's outstanding. I, I get so many Austin Matthews vibes from him. Obviously not on the same level, but I do have right now it's Bedard, Fantilli, Mitchkov. I think Mitchkov has some processing issues. He's obviously got the incredible amount of skill, skating, and everything like that. But the way Fantilli processes the game, the power he plays with, the ability to just absolutely rip the puck. The world under 18s, he was the highest generator of, of offense, despite not scoring. He only had one goal, I think. But he had more ge offensive generation chances than anybody at the t tournament, uh, including Bedard, including uh, any other player that was there. Lekaramaki that was lighting up the tournament. Yuri Kulich, who, led the, who won MVP. Fantilli was maybe the best player that didn't score because he got so snake-bitten at times, it seemed. But this is a guy that uh, he's tearing up the USHL. He's going to go into the University of Michigan next year. And when I talked to him, I asked him, why why go to college instead of go to the CHL route, go stay in the USHL, yada, yada. And his, his opinion was, well, I want to play against players that are bigger. I want to play against men, essentially. And he doesn't have the, the opportunity to go pro like so many of the European kids do. But he's making that decision to play against the stronger competition in terms of physical strength because he knows that's an advantage he has over junior level players. So he's not making excuses for himself. He wants to go tear it up there. And if he can do it, man, this is going to be a guy that I, I think any team at second or third overall probably end up being pretty happy with. But could go first. Could go first. I mean, we, we don't know. Bedard's, everyone th thought Shane Wright was a lock to go first this year. And, and we saw him kind of fall to fourth. And I don't think that's going to happen with Bedard. But who knows? Like, some team might get just obsessed with the size, physical, skating ability, everything that, the, that Fantilli brings. And they might go, you know what? Let's just take the guy that we know is going to be this hulking center at the NHL level that can kind of lead, lead the way as a goal scorer, put up 40 plus goals probably and 40 plus assists and be a, a point of game goal scoring center that very few teams have at the NHL level nowadays. So he could be a guy that challenges for first overall for sure. Uh, look at the 2023 draft as we recap 2022. Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Our thanks once again to Tony Ferrari, Hockey Insider for Four Future Considerations. Oh, and the Hockey News for joining us on the podcast to recap the NHL draft. He likes Montreal's draft. Mm -hmm. Didn't mind Detroit's. Scratching his head about Vancouver's. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I hear you, Tony. <laughs> we are kindred spirits on that one. <laughs> and you're both losing your hair, too, so... It makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I thought it's been long gone. You're telling me there's a chance. That's <laughs> why so I got married when I did. I was like, oh, I better lock her up before this all disappears. Yeah. Uh, I always wondered why you had little marker notches on the top of your head. And it was like, once the hairline gets to this point, I'm marrying whoever I'm with. <laughs>
Remember you told me that the one time when we were out? Jill, you're welcome. <laughs> Jill in Orangeville. <laughs> How's that Beyonce song sitting in your stomach too, by the way, now, Manny, the last couple days? I haven't listened to it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hate it more if I don't listen to it. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, we want to say congratulations to Curtis Sanford, a good friend of the podcast. He has been hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs as their new goaltending coach. He's got his work cut out for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> a great hire by the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Curtis was a great guest. Go back, listen to his interview and some of his great stories on episode 60 of For Future Considerations. And when you get to the part where he's in the movie theater about his, <laughs> by himself and the movie that he chose to go see, you'll love that story, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if somebody uh, got the, the contracts uh, switched around somewhere and that Curtis wasn't signed to be the starting goalie for the Leafs and Matt Murray was going to be the new goalie coach. I don't know. <laughs> but... All kinds of information. If you're looking for the free agent frenzy, you can follow the, you can be a sheep and follow some of those other uh, places out there. But if you really want to know what's happening in, in the real world, not just the, the real stories, but the rumors and the things that we just make up, follow social media podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. We broke the news that Johnny Goudreau was signing with the Leamington Flyers in a four-year deal. I, I, I was surprised as well, but we're thrilled to have him within the club. He'll, he'll be a good penalty killer for us. He's a 500-point man in the GOJHL. We had it first, though. That's all that matters. Well done. <laughs> no, I heard somebody actually called in and is vetoing the trade or the signing. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Let me guess who that would be. <laughs> oh, because he's not a Spitfire draft pick. <laughs> it's okay, Sykesy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, if you're uh, not into the social media thing, and really you should be, but uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send us your questions and topic suggestions, guest suggestions as well, for future considerations at gmail.com. If you're a Rogers customer, hopefully you're back up by now, so you can send us an email. Just just say it, John. If you think it's 1991, <laughs> if you want to send us an email. <laughs> if you have a spare stamp laying around. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a mailing address? Do we have a registered business address that we can send, get fan mail? <laughs> send us a postcard. Yeah. I want to get one of those hate mail letters where the guys cut out individual letters from magazines. From That's magazine. what I want. That's when I know we've made it. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> remember tune in next week we're going to recap the craziness of the nhl free agent market we may have johnny goudreau on the show to discuss the the big signing with the leamington flyers you never know uh, we don't know what we're doing half the time so you're not going to know tune into episode 138 <laughs> and we'll try to get the commissioner of the gojhl on too to talk about why he vetoed that signing as well <laughs> we, we want to thank our sponsors on the episode too shane topolovic of Next Level Athletics. He heard hey. the last episode and said he's enjoying the Dandelions and London Awnings quality that shows. He's back. Or he stayed he with us. Thanks, Jane. He's never going to leave. He, he loves it. <laughs> he loves the, the old barbing. I, what I did say, they say? No. 
bad press is yeah. still good press. Right? We're at least talking about There's him. No bad press. Exactly. <laughs> we're saying his name. We're getting him out there. You're welcome, Shane. You're welcome. <laughs> great show. A great week, fellas. Yeah. Have a great weekend, boys. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you all for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.